Hey. Hey, how are you, Miss Bell? Good, how are you? Good. Fifth time's the charm. We are going to figure it out. One step at a time. Okay, what's the topic for today? Um, are we sticking with my earlier suggestion, or are you open to... Do you have a better suggestion? No. Okay, well then probably we're sticking to your earlier suggestion. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything better. Um, I haven't thought of anything better in the last hour, so... Well then, let's talk about speeches. Cool. So... I thought it was sort of, um, I know you have, like, if I'm not wrong, you took a class on public speaking and speeches. Um, Did I? Do you not? Oh, I kind of did. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you I took the, it was about science communication and our final project oh. was a speech. But okay. it was still about, like, how to effectively communicate in more of a speech format than, say, a written format. Yeah, well, in that case, I've had a lot of classes, yeah, that culminated in, like, a speech. Um, and I think it's really interesting. Like, I sort of, this is dancing around, but I just wrote a really long report. And the whole time I was like, I wish I could just verbally communicate this. Like, I wish the tone of my voice could be, like, more directly part of this. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so I think, you know, speeches offer a lot that writings don't. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about speeches because it's sort of convention season, politics, um, election season in the U.S. right now. Yes, it is. It's getting near the election season. And it's weird. I, like, hear a speech from someone now, you know, or online. Um, and I think it's so weird because I've been in classes where we're assigned readings, speeches at conventions from like the 40s or the 50s and you read this and you like mark it up and say what does it say about this and I just think okay that to this and say what does this say about 2020 and what does this say about um interesting and so it's really like I always sort of think of dual context of they're not just like words it's sort of this different platform where it is more intense and sort of will be scrutinized by history and by um yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. No, I think... Yeah, no, speeches are... Oh. I, I feel like I don't have too much interesting to say because you're right. <laughs> you said that. You said you thought you would have some stuff to say. Well, I do, but, like, about other stuff, too. Um, okay, well, then you go. <laughs> no, the uh, I think speeches are like it's the most raw way to communicate in some ways um because it's it's like in order to spread a message amongst lots of people you can do that a million different ways but i feel like speaking out loud like in front of people is the most raw thing it's like the facts that they tell you um more people are afraid of public speaking than dying like the number one biggest fear is public speaking numbers two is death raw i think that makes it raw I think that makes it like like putting yourself out there and speaking in front of a large group like it's scary and even like really smart people like it's it's hard like if you haven't done a practice with it thinking about like being judged by lots of people is like a very um big thing and I think it's not natural as human beings we're not built to speak in front of more than like 20 people at a time and therefore it's like a skill that you have to learn 
That is interesting. I've never thought about that. But you're right that um, there is an... Uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily scared of talking in front of lots of people, but there's an adrenaline. Like, there's a physical, chemical, whatever um, reaction in your body when you see that many people looking at you and you have to stand up and say something. And I like like it because I think it's an adrenaline. Like, it's... You don't even have to see the people. Just the the thought of I'm about to stand in front of a bunch of people is, like, enough to, like, tie your stomach in knots, which is, like, normal. I mean, I could talk to someone and my heart's not racing. And then the minute I'm talking and I know it's sort of a different environment, it's the same thing, but your heart is like, you can't stop it from racing. Your body sort of feels this. It's weird how your body reacts very strongly to speaking in front of lots of people, almost like it's not supposed to happen. I was, that's, that's why what you said made me think, Oh, not about that because to me speeches are raw because especially live I mean we're talking like live this is not a pre-recorded edited spliced together like raw live um and to me sort of the even just the term speech makes me think it was pre-written and like pre-rehearsed and less raw for that matter Mm -hmm. um but there is still the risk of you know messing up and that I think is what drives sort of this adrenaline rush of um, being able to like feel those eyes on you. I think it's more than just like afraid to fail. I think it's just the fact that like it's afraid to look stupid, right? It's afraid to like, even if you don't fail, like it's afraid that like your ideas won't be taken well or that. Um, or, so what or, do you or, think the or, number or, of people think, is that changes more, it's, that? It's, it's more that, other people might see you do something and flub a word or flub a flub in general. And that is what's scary and causes the response more. So cause like most people don't care what other people think, right? It's more the fact that like they don't want to look stupid. Um, at least that's what I kind of get from my previous times walking on stage and doing stuff. Like that's what I feel when I felt that way. Mm-hmm everyday conversations too no one ever wants to feel stupid yeah but like if you're talking to someone and you say a few too many likes or you like um or you ha or you like not like well there you go yeah, um, see, it's fine. Like, 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 like even this podcast like i feel like i can like mess up a little bit and like people are like people oh listening. it's just a conversation like they give you a pass they don't and maybe they do give you a pass in speaking more so than you think but like I feel like you're given less of a pass for speaking because you have the opportunity because it's so one-sided when it's two-sided, it's off the fly. And so it makes sense to make uh, common and often and mistakes often, as opposed to on stage, you have, it's one-on-one, which means you have infinite relative, not infinite. You have a lot of time to prepare. Mm -hmm. And that, go ahead. I was just going to say, also in a conversation, normally you get more of a feedback from the other person. Exactly. Um, I feel like a good speed, uh, speaker also gets feedback from an audience. Like, the see- one secret of speaking is focus in on one person in the audience and basically read their reactions and respond to them likewise. Mm-hmm. And then switch to a different person and basically do that the whole uh, speech. Can I ask what what do you think is the best speech you've ever given? 
I don't know. That's hard. Okay, what's the worst? I don't want to ask that. That's worse. There are different speeches. Uh, my speech. The other thing, the re- the other, I, the other reason I think of it as very raw is for the reason that you talked about, um, or it's for the simple reason that when I speak, I'm not always reading off a piece of paper. A lot of times, I'm, I, and I'm not even like I haven't even memorized it. Most of the time, it's more uh, free. Oh, what's the word for that? It's improv. Sorry. It's yeah. It's improv, but there's there's like a better word. You uh you wing it. It's more winging it. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to look for. And when you wing it, like it's it's really raw. And again, like it takes time to get in out of a like into a comfort zone where you're comfortable doing that. And even then, it's not. It's never truly comfortable. But you can be more comfortable than like someone who's doing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to just reading something off in front of an audience, that's a lot easier. That's true. Um, although it's still hard because, like, you don't want to flub what's written in front of you. <laughs> um, I don't know. The well, I forgot your question. What you think the best speeches are, the worst, or you know that I've given. <sighs> I know you have a lot of experience with public speaking. I, yeah, and I don't know. I I think I feel like that's a bad question because I don't remember what because I wasn't the one listening to my own speeches. <laughs> um, that's true. But I also feel like some of my earlier stuff in high school, like I was really proud of because I did speak in front of like a large group of people and still like and winged it completely. And I feel like that's not how you're supposed to do it, and I got away with it, <laughs> and that's fun that's interesting and did I stress about it hell yes did I think about it nonstop for the like five or six hours before it heck yes did and did those five or six hours make me better prepared also yes so I I don't know I I'll, I'll pass it over to you to talk more about the politics and more about that kind of stuff that's interesting with speeches but the way I look at speeches is very simple like if you're not nervous then You've either done it your whole life or you're not human. And if you are nervous, then that's good. Nerves mean you care and you should care. You're about to give a speech in front of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's my philosophy 101. Yeah. Nerves mean you care. That's a good life advice in general, whether it's nerves for a first date or whether it's nerves for speaking in front of uh, like the U.S. citizenry. general public no i think you're right um yeah i sort of i i wouldn't even say it's nerves to me it's more like excitement so that (laughs) i don't know i really kind of like public speaking because of that apparently the best athletes they convert their nerves into excitement yeah i you sort of have to like i don't want to say like ride the way like I i don't know how to phrase this i don't but um, reframe. You have to use it, like use the fact that you feel that intense to direct all your focus into that. Um, I think the way I've felt when I've been speak, when I've done like post speaking in front of a lot of people, it's weird. I like don't even remember doing it to some extent. Like I'm there, but I was so focused on that, on literally just what I'm going to say next. I was so focused on that that I don't even remember it well because. 
I mean, there's you can't have two thoughts going while well, you're up there. To me, like that adrenaline makes me focus on exactly what it is um, in sort of a fun way where you're not like to me, it's almost like a little freeing because you just you you know the task and you know, I mean, sort of I always know the ideas and what I'm going to say. I don't typically know like how I'm going to say them. Right. Um, and then you just have to perform and you're on and it's go. And it's sort of the flow I think people talk about when they're in sports sometimes. Of It's, you know, it's not about, okay, analyzing or thinking. It's about, like, feeling and doing. Um, and I've always really liked that. And like you said, the audience sort of feedback, I think, is a really fun way. Um, typically, like, I'm used to doing some debate where you have something you're saying and it is a speech, but it's a little interactive to some extent. Uh-huh. and you're being pressed back on um if you say something and someone doesn't believe you or doesn't think they'll say it and you have to like and um and i think that's also a really interesting like exercise for your mind <laughs> because it's hard and also you really are just really trying to communicate this and when someone says well i don't understand really really trying to communicate it to them um which i think is really fun I think that it's interesting because I feel like that is speaking, but it, it, it also has the benefit of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Although I guess the debate is less a conversation, more of a discussion. But Yeah, you can't ask questions. You just get asked questions. Um, that's true. I don't know. When I think of speeches, now I'm broadening it too. I've done spoken word poetry in front of large crowds, which is very scary. Um, I did stand-up comedy, which is not really a speech, but... Uh, I'd argue that's the scary. <laughs> this is just you, like, and you have to talk on a microphone. Um, oh my god, my headphones. And yeah, I would say that's also a scary one. You know, stand-up comedy, I'd argue, is like you're not in your right mind doing that because it's the most rejecting thing in the world. I mean, I would not. I wouldn't say that's true. What do you mean the most rejecting? Uh, I I feel like it's. Oh, no, we, we were talking about raw. I feel like that's the most raw thing in the world because not everybody has like good jokes. Like some jokes you think are funny are not actually funny. Yeah. I feel like stand comedy is easier, especially with the improv piece, because it's not that, okay, you have an idea and you're trying to communicate this idea and you want them to understand and they either do or don't. It's more you just want the, you just want people to laugh better if they understand every part. It's having the right data right. it's almost more freeing because you're telling a story and you can you know normally it's like mostly true but you can exaggerate and you can like join you can join other ideas that aren't related and sort of string them together and make observations and phrase things in a funny way and it's, it's not about communicating it's just about making people laugh um and so to me there's right. more freedom in that than I know what I'm trying to convey to you and I want you to know it, which is what I see with like a lot of what, what I assume from speeches. But also, I mean, a lot of the political speeches I've watched recently, they had ideas they were trying to communicate, but it was much more about feelings or about large, broad themes. Um, if that makes sense. Well, that does make sense. I think no, it, it, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. And in those, it was just repetition of, oh, they keep bringing up this theme. 
that must be a really like important theme well it's like it's, it's the classic like t- tell them once tell them again and then tell them a third time i mean i don't i don't know if you watched the second. recent democrat convention but they did they had people saying different parts of the pledge of allegiance Mm-hmm. And they spliced it together, but they repeated um, nation. They had multiple, they like they had multiple people saying it after another, and then they went on to the other lines. I think that was the thing. Um, so, well, they didn't change the lines. Like that was what they were communicating because they said they had four different people say it in a row, and you know right. that's not how it's normally said. And they were emphasizing that part of the allegiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the repetition's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so- and, I, and, and I think speeches like going into someone's head, like the best speeches are stories and the, and the best stories have like repeated ideas and themes within them. Because mm-hmm. um, people don't remember things very easily unless you tie it to something more sticky um or more interesting it's like numbers are terrible with people once you get above like four um even like 10 uh or 10 is probably better but like even four and you have to do things and connect them to real people's lives and situations to really get across that type of stuff comparison is really important um because human brains are it's interesting i learned recently human brains are really good at comparing so if you here's a good example if you think about, let's say you have a you have a bunch of numbers, and what's easier, adding them or averaging them? Averaging. Okay. Um, Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Right. The point is, your brain and average them way easier than it can add them. But it, if you think about the actual doing it on a calculator, which one's easier? Adding, because you don't have to divide and saving a step yet your brain does averaging better than it does adding Mm. it's it's interesting it's the point is it's really good at you can even like and this is true linearly too if you see a picture with a bunch of lines that are at different angles and those lines are different you can average line length really good well your brain's really good at that but and if you have to draw it but if you had to like draw length together um and it goes to show you that like humans are really good at comparison and therefore like a number doesn't mean a lot but a comparison to something that is real might mean a lot more yeah that's cool like that makes sense something that you can visualize gives you a better sense of like scale than number giving you sense of scale if that makes sense or even you know when you read something or see something and you think about it later and you remember not what it was but where you were or like you remember them both together? Yeah. Like I sort of think of that with speeches is you know someone can say you know when I was a kid XYZ and you think oh I've done X like I have that memory of it and then when you think of the speech you think instead both things. Right. And it's this, I I think that maybe that's what you're saying with this comparison of it, like anchors it down because you find something to like match it with. Yeah. In this class I took, like we read all these interesting books. These are some good examples, but like the naked presenter switch. um, There was another good one too. It's for, it's slipping my mind, but that, um, 
and they they're really good at um at connecting uh and they're interesting books for like how to present in an interesting way but also how to like connect ideas and say ideas that are stronger and contribute ideas that people are going to remember and i feel like this comes back to what you said but like the greatest way to make someone remember something is like tell them more than once or second person second person was always my favorite to write in like you yeah i used to write like short stories super quirky where instead of it be i go or she went it would be you well that's interesting um and i think about speeches or even and this is something that is sort of made me frustrated with more academic writing is i want to i want to you want to figuratively grab someone and look them in the eyes and say <laughs> if you <laughs> happening to you xyz um you know, not use I or you. You have to say, well, the situation in which, um, and it's harder, I think, to convey that, oh, to make them sort of direct their thoughts to certain things that will make it more memorable in the story. Do you think there's something in, like, politics that that would be useful for? Like, as a you, because the voter is the you? I mean, I think people do that a lot. Um, I'm trying to give an example. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's, like, a thing that's done um yeah i can't think of any examples it's probably not done that often i'm just wondering if that could be like a shift that ends up happening but maybe not yeah now what else do you think about speeches um you were talking more about like other something else at the beginning of the podcast i kind of veered us away i'm sorry about that no, I mean, I just had the idea of speeches. I did not have any sub-ideas of which things under that category. Um, you know, there are a lot of tangents to go from there. Why do you think, like, speeches, people are so scared of speeches? Like, obviously, they're not more afraid than death, but, like, on average, honestly, they're more afraid than death. that, like, would not have even come to my mind about speeches, which I think is kind of funny. Um, or, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's this weird human desire. Maybe it stems from what you said. I'm sort of thinking of an evolutionary standpoint of, you know, um, there's a point where humans really like attention and it feels very natural to like, to give and get attention. I'm thinking like a think of, Oh, you know, you're with four people and you're all, you know, you don't want to be ignored the whole time. That would be really bad. right? Right. But then if you're in a room with 300 people, you kind of do want to be ignored to some extent, or at least, and when you have the some attention, you'd think, okay, the attention's good, so the attention of 300 is good, and instead, there's sort of this point where all of a sudden, uh, it does become more frightening, and you'd sort of rather be in the crowd than in front of the crowd, um, whereas when you're, there's no crowd, it's just people. But I think there is something to say for, like, some people get intoxicated by that act of, like, them in front of lots of other people. Like, it's fun in some ways. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't think all people are scared of it or people should be or shouldn't be. Like you said, I think nerves should happen. But I think someone who maybe avoids that. um, Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think there's a point where, like, you, you no longer want attention because it's singling you out in such a big group. That the stakes are higher. They want to be that popular person. But I think you both do and don't. But 
yeah, and it depends. Like, if people are putting you on the spot, word, and all you have to do is smile and say thank you, and then get their award, and other people are talking about how great you are. Like, I think people want that. Um, but it's different if instead they're saying, you know, go talk to see if you get to see if we like what you're saying. Um, right. That is not attention. It's I would say this is it. Like maybe people, you know, you want attention, but you don't want judgment. Um, and there's a point where you standing up there speaking are singled out and people are looking at you and could be, I mean, judging seems like a harsh word, but I also think, you know, it's not just they're paying attention and clapping because someone said you're good. It's, you know, they're trying to figure out if what you're saying they agree with or don't agree with and what they think about you. And, um, and I think that's scary for people because, um, and it makes me scared when I hear the statistic, I'm sure you've heard, you know, most of communication is not about the words, it's about the body language and you how you walk up. And, and to me, well, that's frustrating because what if the words are really good and the rest isn't? Um, and I think it's also, to the same extent, frustrating if you're in front of a crowd and they're judging you. They're only judging that little bit to everything. And also, what I've realized the more... Um, like a good example, I was in a group where we have like hundreds of people sitting and other people present. And once I got in a leadership position, I was at the front of the room. And but after after being sitting watching for so long. Right. And I thought that switched like I was really excited. I thought, you know, I've seen all these girls talk at the front of the room, but I thought, you know, it looks fine. I was judging them the way I would judge sort of anyone saying anything and then when I got up there I was like okay I should have been way more this this isn't the same as someone just saying something this is a lot of pressure and it's very it 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 felt different and I felt like oh I wish people would go easier on me in a way that I don't know that I did on other people yeah because like you're comfortably without any attention on you. And it's really easy to say, oh, well, they just made a mistake. That was stupid. Why did they make that mistake? Um, and when you're up there, you're sort of like, there's the pressure. And yeah, um, yeah it's easy. And maybe it's just the ratatouille. It's easier to be a critic. Yeah. And I, but I also think like, in general, the audience is like, they want the audience, they want the speaker to succeed, right? They want to have a good presentation. They want to be entertained in some way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where politics is, like, <laughs> depends. You might either want yeah, that or really fair. not. And you sort of have your mind made up beforehand. And then the other thing that I sort of makes me, um, I don't want to say sad about speeches, but I think is kind of unfortunate, is really people remember, like, a quote, maybe. And which quote that's going to be <laughs> is hard. So you prepare everything. And you do give everything. And at the end of the day, you know, normally, I I don't know, when you say that's fair, like, if you think of good speakers you've seen who you thought were great and impactful, you know, how many of their ideas do you remember? Very few. And that's the other thing. Yeah, it is interesting, like you said, how we don't remember everything that they say in the speech. I think good speeches have very few messages or have very messages that can be condensed very easily. Um, and therefore you can remember them. Like I remember one commencement speaker, I forget if it was mine or not, 
talked about like thinking hard and smart and mm-hmm. how like yeah, that and, and like wh- and obviously they talked a lot more about that but I remember that like sinking in and like hardening in and was also yeah and like humility I think was part of theirs too but like so I like that um what are some other speeches I've heard that I've loved? I, I love this one speech that taught me that I what did it teach me? I thought about it earlier during this actual call. It was a TED talk. Um, it talked about how oh, I can now I'm thinking of lots of other TED talks instead of that one. <laughs> um, I don't know, what kinds of speeches did, did informed you? And I'll see if I can remember that one. Do you know what I remember? So I think about all the time. <laughs> Um, do you remember assemblies as a kid? Yes. Okay. There was, I remember that scared me. Um, and, and then I forgot about it for a long time. And recently, I, anyway, this will make sense. Do, did you ever have the two degrees Celsius assembly? Maybe. I'm pretty sure I was in elementary school. Like, I think I, I'm going to say, it. I think I was too young for this assembly. Which grade? It I mean, it must have been, like, fourth through sixth, somewhere in there. Okay, got it. Because I remember the room I was in, it was, like, that year. That gym? Yeah, I was in the gym, and we were all sitting down on the floor, and they had a speaker come, and the speaker talked about how if the world got to two degrees Celsius of warming from pre-industrial era, we would be screwed. That was, and and they showed photos, ice caps, they showed graphs, and we all sat there, and they were like, if you're going to remember anything, remember two Two, like they just really shot home it worked. two degrees Celsius. And I really wish the message had been here's something you can do because I mean, maybe that for all I know, they included that and literally, but I remembered two. And for a while, like it, it wasn't surrounded by the context of what it means. And of course, now, you know, I've read a lot of climate science, I've taken classes, I've, and two degrees Celsius is a scientific measurement that has been sort of graphed and there are models and there's this whole history to it um and people use it for so many things and now I'm writing reports that use it um and I just always think about that assembly where they said you know this is really really important we want you guys to know like we need to be below two that's a well and it must have been formative, clearly. Like it, <laughs> though, or it was, or it was. But it went later. away. Like for so long, I didn't think about it. <laughs> or later, it was formative once you decided that climate was something you cared a lot about and wanted to go after. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's hard to tell because it. Um, I also remember a lot of sort of programming around recycling and green things, and um, but for some reason, I remember that like fairly vividly of them really trying to drive that home and I remember being scared I remember being like what do you really scary like once we get past there like they were like that's it which you know I wouldn't say is you can go look in the research and that um this was simplified for kids but also the simplified version for kids and I also this isn't a speech but there was a book a librarian read to me in elementary school about climate change that, that I remember multiple pages multiple pictures of and I don't think I could name one other book that she read. Yeah. It's and interesting I, how those things stick around. And I, yeah. So, to, and part of it might be, you know, you don't think about a book and then something reminds you of it. And then you think about it all the time because now everything I'm doing is reminding me of that. Um, right. 
But I would I, say that's I, a speech thing. I think it is that second thing because I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's ha- happened to me a couple times recently. I'll remember things from like a long time ago that like I've completely forgotten, but are still in my head. And I just needed the right combination and order of things to like bring it out. And I was like, yeah. oh, that. And it was like, I completely haven't thought about that in like 10 years. And it's weird. It's like they gave me that idea and I didn't have the context to understand it. And now that I do, like, I, I really feel like I understand it. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's a speech. I'm trying to think of other, I've seen really great public speakers. Um, I really like it when people are funny and use symbols. Um, I remember we got a new college, um, president and, he gave a great speech and all I remember is he pulled up the gown and had running shoes like or it must have been a running like more clearly running right Uh, but but it wasn't a joke it was the message of like it was like my laces are like that um right and I and it sounds sort of cheesy of like oh of course the symbols and speeches are effective but I really do think like that's what I remember um it works yeah you gotta like dumb it down, and it's. Uh, what do you think's the most the the best way to get better at like speaking in public? Like, how do you go from like total nerves, like like you're literally stumbling on your words, to like confident and like super, like in what you would in what somebody else would say, good at it. Oh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm an expert at this. I think Okay, okay. Here's what here's what I would say. And again, really not an expert. Um, I think what I always thought it was is you just got really good at memorizing things and like you'd practiced a lot. Right. And I don't think that's true anymore. I think especially in speeches where you are trying to convey and I don't mean like an idea is in like a thesis idea I mean an idea is in an emotion um that I think the easiest thing to do is just it has to be something you believe and you feel strongly enough that it's sort of not just like worth all the nerves but kind of make those I I don't know how to phrase this um like there's something to be said of when people say like you stand up for your ideas standing up and saying like this is what I believe is way easier when you believe it (laughs) right not that like oh I've tried to do it with things I didn't believe but I've given speeches for class where you know you're presenting so-and-so topic and okay um and the times where I've had to do my own research and then go defend that instead of just presenting that the defense of it to me is what makes me motivated um and I feel like sort of focus in more on being effective and I think I've in what I've seen from other people um I just heard a really really compelling hard thing someone had to say something pretty difficult in front of a large crowd to try to convince them Mm -hmm. and you know I had been in the meetings of like how do we do this um or like what should we convince them of (laughs) and then watching that happen um I was really struck by, okay, I can feel that she means this. and right. She believes it. And, like, that was communicated more than anything. Um, and I think that was really persuasive and convincing. 
is it wasn't here's some things what do we think it was I'm defending these things just by how I say them and how I am presenting them and it's not you know a strong defense but you can read them with that conviction it's different than just reading it um or reciting or you know remembering different ideas and so that's why to me like a lot of I mean all my stand-up comedy was nonfiction. making up a story and telling it I just I think that would be harder for me because that conviction of just what had happened I, I mean that's sort of a bad example but no it's a good example um the I I believe that um I know all the speeches that I've given on more short notice have been like that it's like things that I know really well that I really believe in and that like I think about them so much that coming up with a speech on the spot is actually not that hard because you're confident about it yeah I'm confident about it and I know that like as I start talking things will just flow things will come out things will connect things will um connect in each other and uh, usually I like obsess over something right up until it happens and like I know that there was this one speech like I showed up late first off I like realized it was at the wrong time showed up late I like and then I literally had like five minutes to decompress and like think about what I was gonna say before I got on stage maybe only got two minutes of it and then I had to go and like really it was just because I knew it so well it like worked but I and I think the reason that is because and I think the other thing that is really helpful is practice. Like, obviously, like, that's, like, so, like, oh, of course it's practice. But, no, I seriously think, like, I remember going on stage. It was, like, one of my, like, later times. I had already done it quite a few times. And everybody else I could tell was, like, super nervous. And I was also nervous. I just didn't show it to the same extent because I had mm-hmm. had a lot of practice. And it was funny because they were all just laughing at the room. They were like, oh, look at Sevi. Look how comfortable he looks. Right? And, and they're all, like... <laughs> like basically like peeing their pants and it -hmm. just it it was like I was like wow I've come really far I remember like two years ago when I was exactly like they are right now. so you mean practice not necessarily practicing the speech no you gotta practice like being in front of that many people and like saying something and it gets Mm -hmm. more comfortable over time do you still get nervous yes do you notice it less uh, not really, but like you feel more comfortable in it. You feel almost excited for it. It's like a rush, but it's like in a good way. And I think what you said, oh, ha, I can finally connect this up. What you said <laughs> earlier about how if you need to use it as a way, like use that stress and that nerves as a way to do better in the speech, that I heard in the TED talk that I was trying to remember. And mm. that they literally were giving a speech about how the best way to do it is to reframe giving public speeches from the perspective of your heart rate elevating you like your mind getting fuzzier um all that blood pumping around and all that like nerves in your stomach are actually way they actually help you they get more blood mm-hmm. flowing to your brain they, they That's literally are helping you be a better speaker in front of the audience it's like giving you a superpower and if you think about it too hard you think about that instead of thinking about um, you think about your the response your body's giving instead of the actual words of the speech, and that's where people flub. But instead, think about like this is helping me give the speech, and all of a sudden you get clarity on what you're doing, and you end up becoming a better speaker. And and then over time, like you notice those responses, and you get better at that through practice. And like life is good. 
And I also think something I've been like dancing on is like the risk of speaking, I think, and how it feels sort of risky. The thing that comes along with that and why I think public speaking can be really exciting is, nor- I mean, I-, I don't know, this like high risk, high reward type thing. Um, I sort of see it as that, where if you can go up and do a really good job speaking in front of lots of people, that's a big deal. And that makes right. an impact. Um, and if you can't, you know, I'm not saying, oh my goodness, it's the worst thing ever. But I really think sometimes you feel those nerves because it's important. And then when you get recognized, and you, oh, you did a good job. And we like when it was important, that can be really um, confidence building. And I think can help you the next, next, next time. Right. Is having that confidence of, um, okay, that went well. And someone said good job or something to that extent of um yeah I'm trying to think I gave one speech where I couldn't believe I didn't like you forgot forget something? what I was gonna say I think it was stand-up comedy where I really did not prepare well enough because I just did not put time into it and so and multiple people who went before me um forgot their next the next thing they were gonna say and paused and the audience had to like clap like it's okay um and I was, oh, I was like, that's totally going to happen to me because I'm less prepared. Um, and it's hard when you have a lot of things to say, but you finish a joke and what are you saying next? Um, and I was shocked that I didn't do that. Um, just like shocked. <laughs> um, and so I think there, it sort of feels really good when you feel like you did something that was not- I think public speaking is an accomplishment even if it's not, you know, the best speech ever doing it because of all the added sort of pressure and especially because humans, I think, are really used to conversation, which is more give and take. And yeah, you can maybe read off the audience, but to some extent when it's you and it's a monologue, it's just you. Right. And that's hard and scary. Um, but like I said, can be really rewarding if done well. I'm trying to think of other things that make a good speech. Okay, no. Let's wrap up. It's the, it's, I, I have my next thing to go to anyway. All right. That's okay. Okay. Um, so today we talked about like public speaking, just speeches in general that we admire and overall like practice makes perfect. Uh, and like sticking to like some few points and repeating yourself is like are good ways to go. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, ironically, because I've been writing a lot, I've been thinking a lot about speeches. I've been reading my writing out loud and pretending it's a speech. (laughs) Um, And so that's sort of why I brought up this topic. And I think we had an interesting discussion on, you know, sort of the experiences on both sides in the crowd and in front of a crowd, um, as well as sort of why are humans scared of public speaking? And also, why do we kind of get that? Like, why is it kind of a big deal? Right. Okay, cool. I love you, Miss Bella. Love you too. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.